Welcome to Group Chat. Only on Dash Radio, the 1234 World Station. Wednesday nights, 5 to 7 Pacific, 8 to 10 Eastern. I'm John Gonzalez. This is Soft Glass. This is Cuv. And I'm Jack. We'll be back after a quick song break. We should all learn to love each River Flow by singer Mallory Merck and band Herrick and Hooley. How was your week, guys? Man, I it was. I basically was waiting the whole time. It was such <laughs> an angst, like an anxiety. For Kanye's album, yeah. For those who don't know, yes. Oh, they know. Most <laughs> everybody <people>. knows. <laughs> Man, I was just yeah. I was like, I was just sitting around waiting for a week. I, it felt like I was just sitting around waiting for a week, but um. But I'm good now. I'm, I feel like I'm relieved. <laughs> and I can move on with my life now. What's up? Jack, you went to the show. Yeah. Last minute. How Please tell us about that. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> it was... So I had 
my friend Pedro, who I went to school with at New Paltz, and he's still there right now. We had talked about buying tickets when they first went on sale, and then they sold out. And like we had been, it's not like we had were trying as soon as they dropped, but because they sold out in like a little under an hour or something. Yeah. And then we were just so indecisive because we weren't sure what it was going to be like, and so we didn't end up buying tickets then. And then after we were kind of like, damn, should we have just bought them? And then Thursday morning, the day of the show, Kanye tweeted out a link for extra tickets, and we both get his notifications to our phone. So we both saw it, and we're like, oh. Should we do this? <laughs> and he pulled it up. He's like, "Yo, I got two two minutes left on Ticketmaster. Should we do this or not? Because they have like a countdown thing." And then he was, we were like, I, I, "I don't know." And then it was like one minute. He's like, "I'm still like not totally sure." And then he sends me this picture of his screen, like. Order confirmed. He's like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! But it, it worked out. He he was still upstate at New Paltz, but he like hopped on a bus, came down. We met up at like three. It was scheduled to start at four. We got some pizza. Went inside. It was still pretty empty at that point, but the merch lines were crazy. And they were crazy the whole time. So you got the tickets the day of. Yeah, the that, morning of. Wow, Ooh, that's crazy. That's awesome. I remember I, you, you texted yeah. us, and I thought exactly what everyone else in the group chat thought. Kev was like, "Are you at a motocross event?" Yeah, that's <laughs> what it looked like when I first saw it. I was like, "This is interesting. It's like a dirt bike rally yeah, or something. Yeah, Some extreme yeah. sport looking." And it was funny that there were two girls next to us, and they also bought them. The same morning, the morning of, they also have Kanye's tweets go to their phone, so that's how they knew. <laughs> and then they drove from Baltimore. And oh, they got they got a speeding ticket. <laughs> but then, well, they got let me rephrase. They got pulled over for speeding. They got a warning on the speeding, but then they got ridden up. This was while they were in Delaware. For she has like a Kanye air freshener. On her car, and supposedly it was too big or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's so so great. It was just really hilarious. And then the part we were in, like throughout the whole arena, it was like in certain parts, parts it was super packed, but where we were, it was a little less so. So we were able to sneak down by the time it started to the very like bottom part of our area. Mm -hmm. And so it was a pretty good view. Wow. And it started around 4:30, so not too too late. And it was it was pretty crazy. It was definitely an experience, just seeing it and seeing him and like doing all those songs and seeing like the models for the show in such in that big a space and the color palette through all of their clothes like. Yeah. Even though I may not be a big fan of the clothes themselves, seeing them in a unit like that, I think is really impressive. Mm. And I think it was a perfect way for him to combine playing the album with that. Mm. And 
regardless of whether or not you like the album, which we'll get into, I think it's a good album to be played in an arena, just like based off the production. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What was the... Because it was kind of hard to tell from the stream. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the stream. This is what I was I was wondering the whole time. What was the sound like in, in, in MSG? Insanely loud. That's what I heard. Yeah. And it's weird because if you watch the stream, it sounds like it's almost too low. Yeah. So I was wondering, oh, was... No, it was... It was like blowing out your ears. Wow. There's that uh, extremely reliable title stream. (laughs) That that high def sound (laughs) that title's always promoting. Um, That's awesome, man. We were all... So if if any one of us four had to be there, we're glad it was you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We were really proud. And my favorite moment was when they played Ultra Light Beams, the first song, Mm -hmm. and... Before that, they had like the tarp over the models, which mm-hmm. you guys saw in the picture, and maybe the stream. And at the end of Ultra Light Beams, after Chance's verse, when the choir comes back, they let the thing come down over like and unveiling all the models, and that was just yeah. like incredible. A moment, yeah. Damn. I stand by. That's like the coolest title ever, Ultra Light Beam. <laughs> I wish that was the title of the album. That would have been a great title for the album. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say, Kev? I was just going to say, you guys think Kanye paid all those models. Did you see the <laughs> number? Of- I heard he said that. There was like 400 people on stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what were you going to say? No, I heard first I, I saw like the post that the, one of the models put out where yeah. he said they didn't get paid. Oh, wow. And they weren't even wearing like Yeezy clothes like the, Not the people on the bottom I guess like the, the models on the bottom some of them were wearing some like yeah, Carhartt stuff yeah. uh, but then Kanye said that that was uh, baloney and he basically <laughs> said that everyone got paid uh, what was it like $20 an hour or something like that and fed and fed yeah so or $10 an hour something like that but Kanye w- refuted w- it and said yeah, that that's everyone the thing. did get paid I think they couldn't get away with not paying them so mm-hmm. I think they did get paid. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. I think... I mean, people... I don't know. People will uh, say anything for I'm sure Instagram. there were some people there that... Just because it's Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very but true. the casting was from a bunch of just kids from New York, you know? Mm. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. I, I was... That night, I was going to... Uh, where was... Oh, so that night, I went to an event at... Like, Ray-Ban was having some Valentine's event. And I went, and before we went to the event, I was with my friends, uh, Chargo, and they, they play strings, like, they're really dope. If anyone hasn't heard of Chargo, check it out. Plug. But, plug, 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 plug. plug. <laughs> but uh, I was watching the stream, and the girls came over, and they were like, oh, what are you watching? I was like, oh, that's Kanye. <laughs> and they said that it was gorgeous to, like, just see all of these just normal kids just Also, that, yeah, that's another thing, like... The fashion industry rags on him so much, but meanwhile, diversity in mm-hmm. casting, which is such a big problem for the rest of the industry, he is yep. outnumbering everyone. Yep. And it's just, it's natural too. Yeah. It's not like he's yeah. just doing it to do it. You to know? make a statement. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then after, <laughs> at the event, I guess it was after everyone got out from the Kanye show because all of a sudden... A bunch of Yeezuses started showing up. Like a bunch of people dressed like Yeezus just showed up, and you know they were letting everybody know that 
they heard the album first. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, man, I'm glad you got to see that. That's yeah, super dope. Me too. Okay, what, cool. did you, what did you do this week? Not. You chilled? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much. You guys know the deal. Um, not so, like, lately. I've been trying to catch up on films that I hadn't watched. Or films mm-hmm. that are going to be in the Academy Awards. You know, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And this week, I saw Straight Outta Compton. Mm. Oh, yeah, 30-second review. Was it good? Did you like it? It was good. All right, good. Not <laughs> not in the way that I would like to. Like, you know, I usually like films because of their cinematography and their writing. And this was more of, like, a learning experience for me because mm. I don't know much about NWA yeah. other than, like, their songs. But I don't know much about their history. And I don't know how accurate the film is, but... They skimmed over a few parts that uh, <laughs> was uh, that were pretty violent and uh, and not too. Uh, I think, yeah, but they still had a yeah. They, they still had some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have. They to, got the point across, I guess. Yeah, NWA were. executive executively produced that film. So you have to imagine <laughs> they were heavily involved. They were heavily involved. Yeah, um, which is dope, man. Could you imagine, you know, like thirty years ago to think that they. Could you imagine how they feel? Yeah. You know, 30 years ago, they, they would have never thought they would have had a, f- a film about themselves. About themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and it like, did one well. of them it have did. their sons playing them. Like, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> and Ice Cube himself is like, obviously, a mega movie star now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. And it, commercially, it did really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I really, I really liked it in that way. Um, but yeah, overall, great film. I, it could have. I wouldn't say it could have been shot better, but yeah, I learned a lot. I came out of it really liking Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you see those films, almost like Steve Jobs, you know, these iconic figures and you're just like in awe, like, wow. Like, yeah. What yeah. they created. Yeah. You would have liked them less if they showed that one scene. <laughs> Yo, Jurassic, so what's going on with you this week? <laughs> nah, man, I was just, I was hanging out. Uh, yesterday I rewatched uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's right, I saw that. You and Jill, and I hopped in and out. Yeah. And the last time I had seen that movie, I was very young. Yeah. And watching it now with context and and some kind of understanding of how film works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was was crazy. Yeah, man. Still, I I mean, we talked about this episode one, but that's my favorite. I think that's my favorite Tarantino film. Understandably so. It's so good. And it's, I mean, there's so much subtlety. Whereas Django is awesome, but it's like super in your face about mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah, Bastards is so subtle. Everything, and what and the actress, the main actress who played Shoshana, mm-hmm. get, like so good. Her her face acting is incredible. Just like how she reacts to certain moments. And, yeah, I mean, we I could talk about it forever, but it was it's so good. And one little tidbit that I thought was really dope is I actually watched a video about uh, about Bastards recently. And it just made a point about how, you know, in the final act, when they're all watching the film, um, Nation's Pride, mm-hmm. and it's like basically the Hilarious. Dude, yeah, yeah, it's just like the dude <laughs> just camped out killing a bunch of people. And every time he killed someone, everyone would like cheer. Yeah. yeah. And so what Tarantino does is he shows you that first, right? And yeah. In your head, you're thinking, oh, my God, that's so ridiculous. Like, it's a crowd full of people yep. in a theater, like, basically just cheering this guy shoot people for three hours. And then right after that... Don't spoil it for Kev too much. Wait, you haven't seen... I have not. You haven't seen Bastards? 
little bastard. Well, you can say it without, without spoiling it. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Even though it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Still hasn't yeah. seen it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. The scene right after it, basically what Tarantino does, he flips it on you and he makes you basically experience the same thing that you were just watching. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll get into it when you've seen it, Kev. But, tick yeah. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. <laughs> chop, chop, bro. But, um, um, I also saw The Martian this week. You did? Oh, yeah. I really want to hear about that. Actually, if you could just very quickly. do you Did you think it lived up to the hype? I was not impressed. All right, cool. Good. Wait, there was a hype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kev, you said the same thing last week, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the most average movie in just in relation to the hype, the most average yeah. movie I've seen is such a. If long you went in with no expectations, you would be like, "Oh, it was this cool." Is, the way they, I, I thought he was actually on Mars for a little while. Like I forgot that, but then they would just <laughs> float, and it would look so weird. The the special effects, like when he was floating in space, or when anyone would float in space, it yeah. just looked really choppy, and it was really weird. So weird. Yeah. Shout out Donald Glover, though. Oh, shout yeah. out Donald Glover for. For playing Donald Glover in <laughs> best scenes, best in the movie scene, yeah, was when he's involved. I was gonna say that, like in the whole movie, Donald Glover is pretty much the hero. And yeah, he yeah. gets like no, <laughs> he gets no credit. No, like yep. as, nah, no, I won't go there. <laughs> but um, but by the way, when he slipped and he fell in that one scene, that actually happened. He actually like busted oh, really? his balls. Yeah, yeah. he was uh, on uh, Conan, I think, and he said that. So. It's really it was that's really a way to keep to a straight face. Because I guess Ridley Scott has a, a way of shooting where he he does like very few takes. Yeah. So if I ever shoot, I'd be like, mm-hmm. that. yeah. <laughs> so they just if something happens, that it usually gets into the movie. That's awesome. It, a bunch of the early Alien stuff that this it's the same story where something would happen and the actors would like either screw up or fall or something, and then they would just keep it and it becomes iconic. Yeah. Because it just adds to, I guess, like the charm of yeah. The, no, he has uh, a really fast metabolism, and he cannot be late to lunch. So he's like, "All right, let's <laughs> let's pick it up, guys. <laughs> three takes. <laughs> they call him Three Takes Scott." We've been talking for a bit, so let's go into a song. Let's do it. We'll be right back on group chat. All she needed was some. 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 Had a Clippers game on the court side. Watch a nigga shoot like a four five. They mad at me too. I got more fire. Why these bitches see you? Go home, Rod. Some mirror in my bed, I'm a smart guy. I ain't fucking with you niggas like a part time. Nah, hit some, let's check my archive. I'm something so immaculate instead of asking what's happening. Rather blast a Jackson 5 in the back of an Acura acting blacker than the Bernie Mac to Charlie Murphy's and Akon. The girls that you brought, man, where are they from? Where are they from? We were playing PlayStation. Why you standing there and say song? Girl, say song. No, this ain't a vacation. This is my house, my house. All you need is some. All she needed was 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 some. All she needed was
was The Worst Guys by Donald Glover. And we're back on group chat. And we're not saying he's the worst, guys. That's he's not. literally yeah. the name of the song. <laughs> we're the worst. Are we calling That's him Donald Glover now? Because he dropped the Childish Gambino. Monica. Yeah, I thought it was only. Well, fit. it's only not fit. official yet. I don't want to drop it. It's Donald Glover. Right? Childish Gambino slash Donald Glover slash <laughs> Troy Barnes slash. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone, for whatever reason, hasn't heard of him and then hears Donald Glover, they're more likely to find out about a show and stuff. So I'd much rather plug mm-hmm. that as opposed to just say Childish Gambino. We're... Um, but we're back, and speaking of music, the laziest transition of all time, Kanye's <laughs> album came out. It happened. It's out. Just came out last night, finally. This well, morning for a lot of people. Well, we heard it before, but not the CDQs. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone with a title membership, and you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think? Who wants to start us off? Oh, Jack, you went to the show. I want to hear, especially after seeing the show and then listening to the album, I really want to hear what you thought. Well, to me, they're two different experiences. In the show, it's so in the moment, and not only hearing it on arena speakers, but also having it with the fashion stuff and just the environment, the energy. So that was just... After the show, I couldn't. I knew I had to listen to it again yeah. before I could give any sort of opinion, really, because it was almost overwhelming hearing it. Not in a bad way, but overwhelming to hear it in the event. So then, <laughs> listening to the actual thing, I'm not super impressed with it. I really like the first three songs, and then it dips in and out the rest of the album for me so from the show your liking for the album went down stayed the same or it was different you know just different i'd have to imagine within the context of the show right you're seeing it's more of a spectacle than a listening party um yeah i thought the album had i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's good (laughs) It was good. Good. It was, we got a Kanye album in 2016. Uh, the album had pacing issues, features issues. Um, <laughs> it had a the I guess the pacing issue you can track that back to the track listing issue. I thought it had a lot of lyrical problems. It had mixing issues. It was about what I expected to be. It was really rushed, and we were. I'm pretty sure this album started three months ago, <laughs> and can, it came out. I can almost. Guarantee I think that. you can trace it back to a, a tweet three months ago, because <laughs> he's been yeah. so open about everything, and we've heard so much of it. Yeah, out I think of the he's been working on it for longer. But in terms of like really focusing on it, the last yeah. three months. No, he worked on Wolves like a year ago, yeah. and now we're yeah. and Fade, which I like the final version of Fade. I think it's awesome. Also, and, Wolves. I didn't even hear Frank's voice during the performance. Really? Yeah. Someone like texted me, who was in a theater. And it's like, oh, did you hear Frank or see him? I was like, what? No, I didn't. That's I didn't cl- hear him. They didn't show him on the screen. Classic nothing. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> he can go ghost. Yeah, even, even while they, even when he's there. in the song, yeah. But like, even on the CDQ, I didn't. I don't know. I wasn't. I love Frank, but I wasn't blown away by his contribution. Yeah. 
I like the Vic and Sia version more. I do. I thought his line, his Kanye's verse at the end was pretty lackluster, and I liked the, actually liked Vic Mensa singing on it. Yeah. That, that whole melody, I thought Frank was going to cover it. Like, I thought he would just, and I was like, all right, that's fine. But then they just scrapped that completely, and then the lack of Sia was disappointing. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, Wolves is still a good song, but. Yeah. I, even though I used to be more of a fan of Vic than I am now, but he is Same. good on that song. He is, yeah. So, agreed. Uh, I don't know. I hope yeah, we get other versions of that song because I just want a CD quality of the other version. I really liked Andre 3000's super small part on uh, 30 Hours, mm-hmm. which was different than the version he put out for Good Friday. It was, yeah. And I like Kanye's like little ad libbing on that too. It felt like. It felt like. The Last Call or something. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was. And what's crazy is I heard. The first time I remember, I'll never forget, the first time I ever heard Last Call, I was laying in bed about to fall asleep, like listening to the album through. And I remember laying in bed and being like, oh my God. Because <laughs> in moments like that, you feel super close to the artist. Yeah. It's like he's talking to you, you know? And so last night, I, again, I'm laying in bed listening to the album and I hear Kanye start just kind of riffing and he like takes a phone call. Yeah. And he's... And, and, and I and I felt like one of the most endearing moments of the album. I really liked it. Yeah, I like Thirty Hours. I thought it was really honest, um, but I thought it was also pretty lazy production. I know it's just a sample. I like the production. I thought it was just a sample that was like looped over, and then he like sings over the hook that was on the sample. So I was like, okay. And it was coming right after Wolves, which is a completely well, original song. There's the intermission. Right, the Silver Surfer intermission that was also released, right? It was before? also what? Well, didn't we hear that intermission before no. on his website? No. No? Okay. This is the Max B one. Okay, all right. Um, I don't know. The album was... So the pacing issue I was talking about, um, I thought the front, of the, the front end of the album was really loaded. With a lot of in-your-face tracks and then it soothes out a little bit towards the me- the end yeah and i thought that was i got a little bit of i got a little bit too much in your face kanye i could have done with just the excuse me if i mispronounce any of the titles i, I listened to it this morning for the first time the father stretch my hands yep. song part one and two which was awesome i didn't need that freestyle and and then swiss beats oh my god was just rambling over the second half. I can't of stand that. Swiss Beats. I've never liked Swiss. Like when Swiss Beats just starts to yell. Okay. Yeah. yeah over, All right. Over. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you tell him. Yeah, yeah, like over one of the more colorful moments of the album. I was just. I was kind of like, okay, well, it kind of ruined this this part for me because I wasn't a big fan of. I think it's on Famous. I wasn't a big fan of that song to begin with. So I I just had a lot of highs and lows. And for every good moment on the album, there was a moment that it was like, oh, this is rushed. This isn't mixed well. Waves wasn't mixed too well. Um, pretty cool song. Again, I've only listened to the album once, so I, I want to hear more about what you guys took from it. I went into Waves thinking uh, Chance was going to be on it. Did he just write it? I think he just wrote it. No, I think he just helped produce and yeah. just make sure... It was on the album type yeah. thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote that, though. Those were Chance lyrics. That... I, have to, I have to check the uh, credits. Fact check. Chance the Rapper indeed did write Waves. I think there were some credits on title. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. There okay. is some if you if you look hard enough, there's some credits on Saito because Drake got writing credit on Thirty Hours. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know what he did, but he got writing credit. And actually, um, there was there's someone on Twitter who I saw posted a picture, and it was Drake. Uh, so when Drake posted the cover of his dad's album, the same one that yeah, yeah, Kanye yeah. posted yeah. that one time, if you look at the top right corner, you could see the 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 sticker for that has like the price on the album. It's the same out. Al- it's the same copy. So her theory is that that night they were in the studio together. Makes sense. And um, they just never they didn't tell anyone. That was like their way of kind of subtly letting people know yeah. they were in the studio together. Um, yeah, I I don't know. There was last I kept getting I mean, I have I guess my ears are just very after so many years of you know producing and try, like just wrestling with learning how to mix and all that. I kept getting distracted by the mix of this album. I don't know what it, it I mean it kept clipping for me and I didn't know if it was my headphones or or not like so clipping is a term where you hear uh, it's like distortion where when something goes above uh, appropriate levels basically you get like a digital distortion and it kept click it kept clipping for me so I looked on Twitter and people were complaining about the same thing and someone actually linked me to Mike Dean, who mastered it, saying that it was on purpose. And he was like, oh, yeah, everybody <laughs> complaining about the clipping. It's distortion. It's on purpose. And that kind of pissed me off even more. And I was like, dude, I purposefully distorting things is cool when it's done in a non... Like, if I have to wonder if it's an accident or not, that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, it wasn't executed properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jesus, it's on purpose. All the distortion you hear, all of the rawness and like the grittiness you hear on Jesus is on purpose and you can tell it's on purpose if I have to be like wait is that clipping or is that if I have to even wonder I don't know that was that was weird for me yeah Kev what did you think I have not listened to that fully Word. fully from what you've heard and I think mm. he also performed on SNL last night Kev you got to watch that too <laughs> yeah um what was that first track he performed? Highlights. Highlights. I really liked that track. I like that track, too. Um, there was a random guy in the stage that I was <laughs> confused on who it was. Elder Barge. Elder Barge, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. But then that second performance he did, um, that was Ultra Lifey. Ultra Lifey, yeah. I'm actually not a big fan of the song, and you you guys seem to like it. That's like my favorite song. It sounds like a chant song. Joy, you said it this to did, me. It did, yeah. Right? It was like not Pretty much him. is a chant song. Yeah. It was cool, like, how he performed it. It's like a song that, with the group, with the background. The choir. The choir. Because it was very, like, gospel to me. Yeah. I think that's what kind of got me away from the song. No hate on gospel, but, you know, it's just not my style. But it looked live, you know. They were, like, having fun. At least Kanye looked like he was having fun. And in that yeah. way, I really liked it. And I kind of like Chance's part. But other than that, I... Not, not my thing. Yeah. I think all of our complaints can trace back to the album was rushed. Yeah. It felt, it felt, I mean, it just felt kind of unfinished to me. Some, some things just felt like, like it didn't have that polish. Would you guys, that, um, I don't know. I think I keep, 
and I can't, and I know, and I didn't, I actually didn't want to review it until I had a, a, more than a day with it, because, you know, it's kind of unfair to put it up against all of his other albums, considering I've well, we sat won't with rank all it of them. today. No, yeah, for sure. These are just I'm first not, impressions. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. But even first impression wise, because I remember listening to 808s the first time and I didn't like it. I so, hated Jesus the first year or so. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to be as fair as possible. Mm. But but even so, even then, considering all of that, I, I never had the problems I had with this album, with other Kanye albums, in the sense that it, to me, it felt like he it felt so unorganized and even for whatever you could say about Jesus it still was a super focused really album tight. aesthetically all of his albums have always had such a tight aesthetic feel to them yeah and to me this felt like there was a chance song that could have been on surf there was some songs that could have been performed by and been on a future album there is <laughs> like some songs that you know could have been on you know it just it didn't it felt like a collection of stuff that he's been working on for a while and then Three in months. the last well no let's say it's stuff that he's been working on in the last two years and in the last three months he's tried to like tie it all together yeah. in some way you know mm-hmm. um i don't know i to me there's just like these fundamental things like the mix and but again he could it could get remastered for the physical version all, all these things can be fixed but i don't know i didn't i don't remember last night thinking wow at any point yeah i just kept thinking like okay this is cool ah i don't know about this this is really dope but there was never a moment like the moment i had listening to kendrick's album or childish gambino's album or you know, even Jesus. I remember listening to Jesus and being like, "This is whoa." Yeah. Like whether or not I like it, this is something. You know. Yeah. There's like substance, and this is like, this is gonna change things, and I know it is. Yeah. I don't know. I really like Cuddy's vocals on uh, "Father Stretch My Hands." Oh, me too. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. amazing, and having that come in after Ultra Light Beam for me was really good, and even. Everything on that song, on Father Stretch My Hands, and yeah. the part two, I was super into, and then it just kind of dropped off. Yeah. Yeah. Kev, what were you going to say? No, it was when Soft Glass was talking about the whole album and the structure, um, I briefly mentioned to like Jack yesterday that, to me, it sounded like he had pieces for like separate albums. So for me, like, that... um ultra light beam song mm-hmm. sounded like it was for when his album was titled so help so me, me god. god yeah and then those future tracks it could be for when it was <laughs> he had a switch <laughs> yeah like they he were had... more young thug than future to me what the those like songs you're talking about yeah the whole middle portion of the album i was album? thinking of when the dude designer was on yeah that's i i i heard some future i heard i heard some thug but i heard some future just in like the delivery i yeah. think but again, we're yeah. like we're no, thinking no, about yeah. well, the like, reason what it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> and it should sound like Kanye, yeah. It, yeah. and it and it doesn't all the way through. But the reason I I think my ceiling for this album set is you brought up Jesus that you didn't like it the first year. You brought up 808s. Those are both experimental albums. This was not an experimental album. Yeah, this, this one, album has a very 
you know what it is the second you see. There's no adjusting to the sound because it's a combination of a ton of different sounds. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. To and me, to, yeah. point. to me, this is even more of a people pleaser than my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Man, look, more not, what? Not like a people pleaser. Not oh, like yeah. in terms of if it was successful in that, but in terms of like giving people what they want. Right. I agree with you 100. percent 100. percent And but I'll say this: as much as I think. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy might not be like my favorite or even my top three Kanye albums. It is so polished. Yeah. That album is so, you could tell how much time he put into that album. And that's something I'm not getting from this one. It's just, I can't, if if you were to tell me that this album was made in three months, I would believe you. Yeah. You know, but that's who he is now. He's doing fashion and that's clearly his top priority now. He's got a family now. When he did My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he moved to an island. Where did he go to? Hawaii. Hawaii, And he was in solitude and that's where some of the best albums ever come out of an artist. And I think that his priorities are elsewhere and a people pleaser is what he needed. People love this album so far. People are, it's, it might all be hype right now, but everyone is going crazy because of the anticipation leading into it. Mm -hmm. This is what he needed and now he can focus on fashion and this album's like huge for his public image now except for that Taylor Swift line that was (laughs) to that point I mean to to that point I mean it's important to say that um, him having different priorities and having a family none of that is negative like none of those things are bad they're just they're a fair assessment as to why we got what we got also also the album doesn't sound like the life of Pablo you know (laughs) 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 like oh god I actually like the cover. Yeah, I'm, I was. Me too. I was very skeptical at first, and I, I like have warmed up. I 180. I really like the cover, but I still don't think the name sounds like the album. I think Swish sounds more like it. Even Ultra Light Beam. Ultra Light Beam would have been dope. Yeah, Ultra Light Beam would have been really cool. Yeah, Swish would have fit. I mean, listening to the album now, Swish would have made sense. Yeah, um, Ultra Light Beam probably. <laughs> would have sounded a lot cooler on on uh, Chance's album actually, but um, let's take a quick song break, yeah, and then get back into our favorite Kanye albums. This is just a Kanye episode, guys. <laughs> we'll be back on group chat. my t-shirt i'ma feel like an asshole i was high when i met her we was down at tribeca she get under your skin if you let her she get under your skin i don't even want to talk about it i don't even want to talk about it i don't even want to say nothing everybody gonna say something i'll be worried if they said nothing remind me where i know you 
you from? She looking like she owe you something. You know just what we want. I wanna wake up with you in my All this cash, market crash, heard him bad. People get divorced for that. Drop some stack, pops is good. Mama pass in Hollywood. If you ask, lost my soul. Driving fast, lost control. Off the road, jaw was broke. Remember, we always broke. Remember, I'm coming back. I'll be taking all the stacks. I got bribes in Atlanta. She's a Dolores. Credit cards in the scammers. Take it all the Legacies, family. Wayne C. Look like a gun. Going out like a Montana. Honey killers on the helmets. Legacies, phantom, Wayne C. Phantom. Pockets wool, Danny. Selling ball, Danny. Man, I'm the macho like Randy. The chopper go out to for granted. This nigga pull up your banner. Who can kill us on the stand? I don't want to be a little bit of Hey! I just wanna be a little bit of a Take it off, stack I got broads in Atlanta, Tristan Dublin and shit, Credit cards and the scammers, wake up beside shit, that is Over to Lottie shit, they be at the rent, I know we clap shit. I be pulling up stuff in the final shit. I got plenty just stuff with Bugatti, but look how I try this shit. Black and six, final. Why is he killing no drama? That was Kanye West, Father, Stretch My Hand, part one and two. Hands, plural. Hands. Two oh. hands. Two mm-hmm. hands. Two, two, two parts, two hands. Two of everything. <laughs> two of everything. All right, guys. So I put this on a... Uh, I've been wanting to talk about this next subject for a long time. Yeah, let me just... Uh, we have a Trello board where we put all of our topics there. I'm pretty sure you put this one on there like three weeks ago. Yeah, and a we long just time. Haven't, like after episode one. Blame Kanye for delaying the album so many times. <laughs> yeah. I've been wanting to talk about our favorite Kanye album and why. Because I feel like that says a lot about, you know, your musical experience growing up and what album connected with you has a lot to say. Like, which Kanye connected to you has a lot to say about, you know, your your journey through music. So I don't know Kanye that well, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean... I mean, yeah. Who who wants to go first? Because I'm. I led the charge on the uh, <laughs> TLOP, so somebody else started this one. Kev. 
I guess I would be honest. You know, okay. I'm, I'm not the music person yet, but um, my favorite Kanye album probably 808s. Nice. Um. So the thing is, I I wasn't really into Kanye when the college dropout and late registration. I don't even know if I knew English at that time, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I was introduced to Kanye when graduation came out. And it's a probably, big album. Yeah, that's probably my second favorite. But it just didn't hit me as well as 808s did. I guess I understood and I was at that point more like fanboying Kanye at the point when 808s came out. So I guess it hit me bigger. But 808s, it was just like something new for me. Yeah. Or for... For a lot, a lot of people, of people right? yeah, yeah that was, was a super innovative album. Yeah, super innovative. Um, I know he wasn't like the first to start, you know, with the auto tune and that. Cause we had like, I don't know what T Pain. We had T Pain. <laughs> we had other. Who's on people. the album? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he is. Yeah, Good Life. Yeah. On graduation. No, that's graduation. Yeah, that's not. Oh, he was on graduation. Yeah, that was graduation. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the whole album. Many say it's experimental. I think Softglass mentioned that the whole album was experimental, and I really like it. Um, what do I like about it? So, I really like lyrics on it. They were like really heartfelt, really personal. Was this like after his mother passed? This was the album after his mother passed, right? Was it always after his mother passed? His his grandmother had passed. Yeah. It was like a depressing uh, album no. overall, though. <clears throat> This was no, 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 no. This is 808s was after him and his fiance broke up. Oh, that was with Amber? yeah. This was no, it wasn't Amber. Oh. It was his his fiance. Like uh, I forget her name, but it was like the love of his life. Fact check. Kanye West's mother, Donda West, died of complications from cosmetic surgery in 2007. Months later, him and his fiance Alexis Pfeiffer ended their engagement, which led to 808s and heartbreak. So it was like a pretty depressing or you know yeah. sad album. It had yeah. a lot of emotion yeah. in it, and I think that started like this whole thing where like being sad or like it was like a cool thing. We started seeing that. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, we later got that from like Childish Gambino and Drake. Drake, Drake yeah. yeah, we got Drake. Cool. There was anything that album spawned Drake. There would be no Drake without 808s. Yeah, yeah. that's he'll what I'm tell saying. you. Um, Drake will tell you. He said. I think he said Streetlights was probably what top two, mm-hmm. or, mm, maybe top favorite song from the album. <clears throat> and then, yeah, Drake will tell you, and then he'll also tell you that he has a bigger <laughs> pool than Kanye. But Kanye has three pools. <laughs> Kanye's got three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably my favorite album. That's dope. Nice. A Just a few pick. reasons. You know, yeah. Know. See, I was under the impression that that album was about Amber Rose. Because no. I was also, I was in, I listened to, when I started listening to Yeah. I thought it was about Amber Rose. Yeah, so graduation I, and uh, late registration and college dropout were already out. Mm-hmm. And I got to experience 808s when it actually came out. That was the first album that, or or uh, graduation. That was, that was the first one that I was like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is Kanye. And I was under the impression that he was dating Amber Rose at that time. Uh, it wasn't about Amber Rose. If you remember when the whole Taylor Swift thing happened. Yeah. He was dating. He brought Amber Rose to that. And that oh, was okay. after 808. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So, Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, 
That's yeah, that's interesting. Kev, what did you when it first came out, you liked it? Um like when it when it first released in 2008, you were like I'll tell you this, this. is awesome. When, when the album came out, Graduation was probably my favorite album. Yeah. At least from Kanye. Yeah. I bought the album, which is weird. I don't even buy albums, but I bought um, 808s and probably took like two or three months of listening to it for it to become my number one. Yeah. It wasn't, it was something new for like all of us. Like yeah. you, uh, like I mentioned before, it was like an experiment album. It was something new to me. It was kind of weird to listen to in the first place. Yeah. I didn't dig Kanye's auto-tune at the beginning. and Yeah. It was just so it weird. Took, I mean, now it's so easy to look back and a lot of the stuff on 808s has become commonplace in yeah. music and in, in rap and in hip-hop. Yeah. But you got to remember, this is 2008. This was mm-hmm. when Lil Wayne was dominating. Yeah, there was like a lot yeah. of hard rap and yeah. know, like hardcore. That's very true. And I think that's why it was really accessible to someone who wasn't that into hip-hop as myself kanye has always been accessible to me even and then when drake started out that was another Mm -hmm. uh another artist that i closely followed like a lot of people um but yeah like he'll have he'll make his music some all of even his hard-hitting songs have some kind of like musical integrity and they're really intricate and he always does something cool and he always collaborates with very popular or very talented artists that aren't from the hip-hop world right and that was initially why i was always drawn to kanye um i'm not gonna pick a specific album because there are a lot of different oh, you can't cop life. out you have i'm, to, I'm not play, to but i don't want to i don't want to play the nostalgia card because i don't want that to dictate i've got a lot of different favorite give us, albums. A, give, us give us two then the one don't that resonated with me the the album that came out when i was old enough to have yeah yeah was my beautiful dark Twisted fantasy an album that hasn't aged well in my opinion because i've been listening since you put the topic on the board mm-hmm. i've been listening to it a lot um that that album was i remember very clearly i was 18 i'd I got to drive for the first time. I was in high school. I was a senior. Mm. I was just blasted in the car. And I remember <laughs> a lot of late nights with a lot of friends, like post parties, and we mm. just play it. And and that album means a lot to me. Um, doesn't age too well, but that's always been the draw for me the, uh, with Kanye. He, he always mm. finds a way to influence or tries to re influence hip hop with sounds outside of it. But right. um, what do you guys think, Jack? Well, real quick about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy the context of that album is really important yeah and it's always going to be married to kind of what it was spawned out of that that album was kanye's comeback album because before that slash apology apology right and it was it was almost like he that was post taylor swift that was post it was the apology for the taylor swift incident we we talked about it he went in exile to record that album and that's why the aesthetic for that album is so strong yeah um, it's just it's really polished i felt like it that that album to me i always think of like this fantasy world and the film he put out with the album was amazing he put out a film with it he put out uh good fridays spawn from it or yeah. he had good fridays coming out of it it was just it was uh it was an event leading up to the album but it up was until so the, the focused and then his live performances with the album yeah like, that was a whole experience and it was really focused and that was the first time kanye became god like, that was, he was like i'm a god and that feel, was the first time i feel like he really pushed that mm-hmm. himself 
I feel like that was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was the last Kanye album as a full time musician. Like that was the last album we got where Kanye was only focused on making his music. Well, let's think what albums have come out since. Jesus, just Jesus, and, and, and this one. The new one. No, All right, you're absolutely right. The, yep, the one with Jay Z. And I, yeah, and I'm I'm worried that we won't ever get another honed. No, project for sure. Like no, that. but I mean, we, it's ju- natural, we just spoke man. about he's, that. With. He's he's a father, a husband, a, yeah, a designer. Yeah, time like, for that. Yeah, and again, this isn't anything. Um, it's not even. It's not a fault, right? Yeah. But the the fact is that my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was the last time. Kanye put all of his resources and energy into making an album and not having to kind of div- divvy up his time. I don't know. And it, and it, you can tell. It yeah. was super focused. It's not my favorite album, but it might be the most polished. Oh, and the Kanye hex album. for that, that red on the, on the album cover. That's the most perfect red I've ever seen in oh. my life, like the cover. <laughs> um, before we move on to the highly anticipated Jack and Joao opinions. Uh, Kev, what was, if you had to pick one song that really resonated with you off of 808s, which song is it? 808s? Probably, yeah. I've already Street mentioned Streetlights, yeah. but... Uh, you know that album, uh, it was pried out of his hands. Like, it is not a complete album. I feel like it was not mixed. You can like, tell. Yeah, you can there, tell. Some of the songs sound and two, That's kind of like the charm. And a, two and a half, three, year, three years ago, um, they were talking about whenever he signed uh he signed like another deal a while back but i remember in college there was talk that they were going to remaster the album and put it out put it out for its anniversary never happened yeah um really disappointed by that he just did the show in la for it last year that's right that's right um because he never got to tour because of the thing with was it lady gaga i believe I don't know. Two of I them were going to go up in space. On, I think it was that him and Gaga were supposed to go on tour and an incident happened. I think it was the Taylor Swift thing. Mm. And yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Taylor Swift and then got canceled. So oh, he wow. never got to perform it until last year in LA. So ungrateful. He made her famous, guys. <laughs> um, but before I wrap up, him and Lady Gaga were actually going to perform live in space, Kanye and Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. Really cool. That. Look that up. That's really? uh, yeah. yeah. They were gonna perform live in space, and they were gonna be the first ones to do that. They were gonna have a concert. Um, but I would say that my favorite uh, song or the song that resonated most with me, Drow hears me listening to it all the time. Uh, Devil in a New Dress. Yeah. Rick Ross. Oh man, best Rick Ross feature ever. And <laughs> I know it's just a really loud sample, but it's so heartfelt. Like it's just it embodied the title for me. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It was just this like, it was. Uh, like strangely eerie but so beautiful at the same time and the way he kind of just laughs over it and like skips over it and the flow that he chooses is just like it really resonated with me more it's now a great than song. it's so good I think Mike Dean with the guitar solo oh there's that yeah. guitar solo in the middle and then uh, I'm making love to the angel of death something something and th- there's just that riff of like wow before the song ends it's, yeah. it's amazing yeah. uh, but that's that's what I have to say of course I best album you're looking back to some of his more classic albums earlier stuff but i think what resonated with me when i could form my own opinion about music without like was probably when i was like 17 18 i listened to that album and and i remember being like this speaks to me well that's what i that's why i wanted to pose the question it's not what is the best kanye album it's what's your favorite and yeah and i mean i know that's such a and it's not the best i know it's not the best album and it doesn't age well no i mean but this is this is why this is what's important because it's Kanye's career has spanned over a decade now 
and over that time that he's gonna he's had so much artistic evolution that it's hard to just pick there is no best that's yeah. like because he his style and his genres have ranged so far and wide there is no best you know from any perspective there's no best musical from a musical standpoint because you know my beautiful dark twisted fantasy has insane musical moments as does late registration as does yeezus yeah with the sound design as much as you want to say you might not I like love the production was... the sound design that goes into making all those sounds from scratch yeah is really hard yeah. so this is more about i just wanted to understand why a certain album connected with you guys so much because it really does say a lot i mean it's tied to your uh, your first very, years of adulthood yeah very confusing it. weird right amazing time and the, it's just like the title of the album was was what i was going through but uh right but let's jack let's take a song break first oh oh okay switching Split it, it up. up break it up <laughs> so you know it's gonna be the fire let's, let's play yeah let's play some yay yeah all right street lights street, street lights. lights we'll be right back after street lights on group chat let me know do I still got time to grow? Things ain't always set in stone. That be no, let me know. Let me. Seems like street lights glowing happen to be just like moments passing. In front of me, so I hopped in the cab and I paid my fare. See, I know my destination, but I'm just not there. All the street lights glowing happen to be just like moments passing in front of me, so I. Seems like streetlights glowing Happen to be just like moments Passing in front of me So I hopped in the cab and I paid my fare See, I know my destination But I'm just not there All the streetlights glowing Happen to be just like moments passing in front of me So I hopped in the 
just night there in the streets I'm just night there Life's just not fair Life's just not fair That was Streetlights by Kanye West Jesus So we're back to our part two of favorite Kanye albums Yes sir Ever Uh, Kev and I both had different uh, Kev you said 808s was yours My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy mine Jack and Joao Who's gonna take what were your guys' one? favorite albums? Jack, you want to go? Or you want me sure, to? Sure, I'll start off. Okay. I, I'm gonna before I say which my favorite, which might kind of unreal unravel itself in the process, but I'll go chronologically. I Dope. didn't. I was 11 when College Dropout came out, so I wasn't really aware of it that much. Yep. I first started getting into Kanye around late registration and it's not it wasn't really like one thing at least that I remember but it was there were different factors different songs like I remember watching the Touch the Sky video with Lupe through like LimeWire (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The time. Funny video. Shout out LimeWire. And I was really into Lupe at the time. And that that song is what got me into Lupe. Really? Yeah, I yeah think that's we, when I me yeah, too. When we discovered it. Lupe it was through that song. And it was all push. down here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a really strange memory. Not strange, but like crazy that I remember that I was in I believe it was my seventh grade class. And for some reason, we had to write a poem down on paper. I think we had a substitute. <laughs> and my friend Drew, he wrote down Kanye's verse to Roses. And I had never like heard that song before. And I read it. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like he, he like spoke it out too. I was like, yeah. wow, this is crazy. And that's remained one of my favorite songs. And then also, I remember hearing Drive Slow pretty much as soon as it came out and really liking that. And there were there were a bunch of like, late registration, it wasn't, I didn't digest it as an album. I digested it piece by piece mm. whenever it happened to come into my world. But that was just around that time, got me into Kanye a lot. And I think looking back on late registration, the album is a little long for me to like really listen back to front to back mm-hmm. but the sounds of that album definitely were what inspired me to get into Kanye yeah and so when graduation came out I was I was all the way in yeah and that album really did a lot for me it's definitely my favorite Kanye album graduation yeah graduation. by far Ooh. and it just it still holds up super well to me. Mm-hmm. One of my probably top five all time in general, like not just Kanye. Albums. Wow. It really impacted like that adolescent time. And how, th- how old were you when that came out? I want to say 15. Mm-hmm. No, no, probably 13. Like, probably like Sorry, 13. Because it was in 06. Yeah. 
and I was... No, graduation was 07. Oh, 07. Oh, seven. It was 07, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it just, it was, it was a really important album. And then 808s, I have a really weird, like, it never, even though I was, I love graduation, somehow 808s skip. Mm. It was a huge shift. No, no, it, it's not even that I listened to it and didn't like it. I, for some reason, I just, just didn't it. hear it at all. Dude, yeah. me too. That's crazy. I had the exact <laughs> same experience. But yeah, I, d- I really don't know why or how. Yeah. I really only remember seeing the video for Welcome to Heartbreak with mm. Cuddy. Because mm-hmm. I was super into Cuddy at the time. And Cuddy obviously had a big influence and part of that album. Yep. And I appreciate what 808s has done for the state of music. But even listening back, I'm not super blown away by it. It doesn't resonate the same for me as some people. Yeah. But I can still appreciate it for sure. I think it was just since I missed it at the time, it was hard for me to go back. Right. Because mm-hmm. you have no emotional ties to it. Exactly. You didn't form any sort of connection. You know, so I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Then my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy... We were talking about the context of it, and I think the fact that he was doing so many Good Fridays at the time ruined the album for me because I heard so many of the songs yeah, before the album came out, and it it pretty much spoiled the whole album for me. Mm-hmm. And listening back, it still kind of spoils it. Mm-hmm. But I do really like the intro on it. I really like Lost in the World. Yeah. And like John said, I do like the cover a lot. But it's still not... Yeah. I, yeah. Then Yeezus, I really didn't like when it first came out. But it's grown on me a lot. And I really like it now. It's my number two. For oh. sure. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, Dark Fantasy, the opening track to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, was supposed to be a Drake song. He produced it for Drake, and Drake never wow. did anything with it. Um, but, yeah. It's it's mixed weirdly. as a, You can tell that he recorded that verse way before anything else. But Yeah, that, yeah, you could tell that. Yeah. What about Yeezus? Why didn't it click? Was it just a matter of it just didn't click initially, and then you... No, it just, you know, it's a very experimental and different album. It yeah. just... It took a while for my ears to adjust. And yeah, but now I really like it, and I appreciate how different it is. But at yeah. the time, I wasn't... It, ju- it just took a while. Yeah. I hope that we will someday get another experimental album from Kanye. I'm really worried we won't, but fingers crossed. We'll see. I mean, I'd, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the last one. Yeah, if his fashion breaks out, which I'm oh, sure it's, Kanye yeah. would fucking love... If that happened, absolutely, we're probably done with his music. Um, I don't think he'll stop making music permanently, but I think it'll lower in terms of output. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have I have three categories for Kanye albums. I have here, the here we go. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean I had just the way I think of Kanye albums. And it's actually cool because this new album fits into one of those. I mean, I've had these three categories maybe since Jesus, and it's cool. 
that I didn't have to create another one. So this is nice and <laughs> tight. But uh, I have the 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 people pleaser category, which is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and now this one, The Life of Pablo. Okay. I have the the game changing albums, kind of like albums that impact the music industry and such a way that everything sounds like it after it mm -hmm. you know and that's jesus and 808s and then i have kind of the the kanye trying to prove himself as an artist <laughs> albums which is the first three which is uh college dropout late registration and graduation he succeeded with graduation then yeah, I mean, graduation was the crowning moment for Kanye as a as a pop artist. Okay. That's when he finally crossed over into worldwide pop star status for me. I'd agree. Yeah. Was graduation. Yeah. Uh, he had Stronger on that album, which was, to, to, to that point, his biggest single ever. You um, still hear that song sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It was like I on mean, commercials or movies, TV and stuff. Yeah, and that's when pop culture wise, he was just. I mean, you remember those glasses with the mm -hmm. the, the yeah, lampshade through it, yeah. the, sh the lampshade glasses. I mean, he was just he infiltrated pop culture in in a way he had never done before up to that point with graduation. And I think when when graduation came out, I think that was. I think when they came out, that was the album that had the most impact on me because I was a I was a senior in high school and you know that was the first time I remember like anxiously waiting for an album mm -hmm. like oh my god I can't wait till it comes out and then it came out and it, we would play it in my friend's car every day to and from school like every weekend I think graduation had the the biggest impact on me like at the time you know mm -hmm. of its release but the more i mean i think late registration might be my favorite album of kanye's and it's just because of i think that so john bryan's involvement in that album it can't be understated john bryan is a composer he he, he wrote the score for eternal sunshine and a spotless mind and uh he produced a bunch of like fiona apple stuff and he worked with Kanye on the album, and basically anytime you hear strings on the album, which is almost every song, it's John Bryan arranging and, you know, composing and directing. And John Bryan did for that album kind of what Rick Rubin did for Yeezus, and that he yeah. focused it and he pushed, he pushed Kanye and he held Kanye accountable. And I think that's something that has been kind of missing, especially, I mean, especially now, I can't imagine anybody in the studio saying Kanye that's not good enough or Kanye you need to you know work on this verse a little more or work on this beat a little longer or focus on try to try to get this emotion out of this song there's nobody no I can't imagine anybody right now telling Kanye what to do in the studio um, but in 2005 or I think it was Four. five, 2005. Five, five. Like, Kanye wasn't there yet. So Kanye was listening to people, and he was taking 
advice from people and he was taking in direction and, and I mean Jack you said Roses was really impactful that's because John Bryant can, kept telling Kanye to go deeper and keep and kept telling him like you need to you know be more vulnerable like reach this place that's deeper than just you know w- you know whatever surface level place that you've been going for for songs and and this is back when Kanye was way more politically charged he had all these things to say and a lot of clever ways to say them like he had that line like uh I mean back then he had uh, uh he had a bunch of one-liners that that are just like George Bush hates white people <laughs> no he said <laughs> no, white he, people no he said he's black, black people, people. <laughs> <laughs> no he said George Bush doesn't care about about black people that wasn't on the album it wasn't on the album should have fortunately <laughs> but beyond all that I mean just musically I feel like that album went to places that every single song just started in one place and ended in another and they were just full songs they felt like fully uh developed ideas there was never a song even like the 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 bonus tracks on there were crazy but yeah i think looking back i think late registration might be my favorite kanye album but i will say when i heard yeezus for the first time i was on a plane and that was probably the craziest the craziest experience of a first listen i remember being on the plane uh, and there would be there was like a bunch of turbulence, and I looked over at my buddy. We were both we had we had like a splitter. We were both listening to the album at the same time, and I looked over and I was like, "Dude, we might die on this plane. If I'm dying, I'm going out listening to Jesus." And we listened to the album like we were gonna die that day. It was crazy, and it was just like all the sounds on it and all of just like the the attitude of that album was just. I, I'll forever remember first listen of Jesus, um, and I'll forever have a really special place for graduation, just because you know I was a senior in high school. Like I, like all I thought about was like my friends and girls and Kanye, and that was it. You know, it was so such a simple time. Wait, and Kev, how old were you when you listened to 808s? 808s, I was in. 10th grade, maybe? 10th grade. Ninth I, was in, grade. I was a senior when I listened to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's a correlation there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. To, to, to whatever the the most fragile age of, of your life is, basically. <laughs> <Probably>. like, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> I guess and that's... Jack just matured really early. Yeah, he's like <laughs> 13. Like, <laughs> no, man. But I think that's that's kind of the whole point. That's why I wanted to talk about this stuff. Not only because Kanye like just dropped an album and whatnot, but he, you know, he obviously has a, a pretty special place in all of our musical history, and it's interesting to see how he impacted us in one way or another. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Kanye. Woo. Thank you, Kanye. Uh, let's go to a song break, and we'll be right back with Gucci.
don't believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes and cars. Wood floors in the new apartment, couture from the store's departments. You more like love to start shit. I'm more of the trips to Florida, order the orders, views of the water, straight from a page of your favorite author. And the weather's so breezy Man, why can't life always be this easy? She in the mirror dancing so sleazy I get a call like, where are you, Yeezy? And try to hit you with the old Wapi Till I got flashed by the paparazzi Damn, these niggas got me I hate these niggas more As than I I, recall, I know you love to show off But I never thought that you would take it this far Somebody would have told me a year ago, it'll go get this difficult. Feeling like Katrina with no FEMA, like Martin with no Gina, like a flight with no visa. First class with the seat back, I still see ya in my past. You on the other side of the glass of my memories museum. I'm just saying, hey Mona Lisa, come home. You know you can't roam As without I Caesar. Recall, I know you love to show off. But I never thought that you would take it this far What do I know? And we're back on group chat. Um, guys, let's talk about sports. 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 Run us through it, Kev. Where should we start? So, NBA All-Star Weekend, guys. Yeah. It's not as fun anymore. <laughs> this year was pretty good, though. This year was great. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. So, the we're recording on Sunday, so the All-Star game is tonight. So we're mm-hmm. going to get a quick sport update in a little bit with the final scores. Well, guys, the West beat the East 196 to 173. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
And then you guys watched the, the rookie versus sophomore, which is now USA versus world game. Yeah, I watched um, I watched some of it. I watched like the beginning and then towards the end a little Score bit. Score was like 200 to yeah. 210. <laughs> <laughs> who, um, who was the MVP? It was... Uh, who was the MVP of the game? I... I don't even know. I oh, didn't watch okay. the game. I'm like not interested in it. I, was, I hate uh, the game. I was doing dishes. <laughs> Dishwasher. Dishwasher strikes again. But the dunk contest and three-point contest. But yeah, All-Star Weekend, the Saturday is always the best game with the skills challenge, dunk contest, yeah. three-point. Always the best. So was, Clay, Clay beat out Steph, yeah. his teammate, which was really... That was a crazy ending. Yeah. Steph got 23 and then... Play, just clutched it at the he end. Yep. The he, he was higher money ball, right? Yeah, he was coming on to the fourth rack and he still had like 13. And then he hit the last two of that and he had 16. So he needed at least three of the money ball. No, right. he had 17. Yeah, he had so 17. He, he needed at least three to tie it. Yeah. And he ended up hitting all five. <laughs> so. <laughs> and the coolest part was Steph was. You could see him being super happy for him. Like yeah. he was like jumping yeah. up and down, going crazy when he was hitting them. <laughs> That's just how good is that team, man? The just shooting yeah, wise, the two, the two best the two three best shooters, shooters, I think, at the moment in the game yeah. right now, and the the single best player in the league. And then the dunk contest was finally good. So good, man! You it was just it? the craziest back and forth. Yeah, it was about time. I mean, I haven't. There was a uh, last year. Levine was a beast. Yeah. But he just dominated. It was like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah, it was just him doing dunks. We spoke about this. Zach Levine has the most amazing dunk body ever. He's just lean and wide, and he can just stretch infinitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's so easy. It looks so easy for him. He's yeah. dunking from the free throw line. Yeah. Like between the legs. Multiple the times. Line. You actually brought up how. Their six dunk. How were their legs not like tree stumps by that point? Like, how are you not sore? It's pretty at impressive. that point. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea Aaron Gordon had that in him. He really slimmed down since last year, mm. and I didn't know he could move like that or fly like that. He um, got robbed to me. I his, thought he should have won. His dunks were a lot more creative. And yeah. I feel like that's what's been missing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he right. finally did something fun and exciting, and they were crazy athletic crazy too. Crazy so. dunks. I think he got robbed. I, th- I think what happened is they, they kept giving out 50s because you can't go any higher than 50s. And mm-hmm. if they would have went lower, it would have been you know bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Aaron Gordon's 50 was better than Zach Levine's 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it got to the point where whoever didn't get a 50 first would lose. Well, the, yeah. rating, the rating system was whack, though. Like It should be based off more than those single votes you know? yeah I, I no it was just it was whack they just started giving 50s to everything i didn't think there was like a ceiling so when he had that over under i think they were just 180 doing and he didn't get a 50 suddenly you're like okay this is how does this work <laughs> um i think someone on twitter i saw they were like uh the judges they they basically aaron got screwed because the judges didn't realize in real time how great that dunk yeah. was because he brought it behind his head then under 
his body humped, oh, like hump. and then and like his his head yeah. was his head was at the rim, at the rim. it was yeah. insane i just think that the the rating scale needs to change what you give out of 50 because then it's i get it like the all-star weekend is just fun everyone just goes out there and if you see something crazy you know you get a 50 you get a 50 everyone way, gets a 50 in a way i didn't i didn't mind it because to me i saw it as like the judges not being sure that that was enough for them to win and yeah. since the like you say the rating system is not the best they just have to give them a 50 to see another dunk yeah. it's like let's see who can top each other absolutely and I, I would say it's not the rating system in the moment i just think there needs to be an extra thing to reassess the dunks as a whole shaq afterwards. said yeah shaq said first one to hit a three wins <laughs> like after a certain point that would have been amazing um or count free throws, however you do it. <laughs> but the fact that Gordon grabbed the ball off the mascot spinning on the quote-unquote hoverboard with, with one, one hand. hand, did the like <laughs> wave motion with his head and like that was crazy. And then he grabbed it and like practically took a seat in the air. Put that was it my under favorite one. I, thought, I think that was the that best was dunk of the night. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That was the best dunk I've seen in a long, in a long. That was the best the thing dunk. Is, like, to me, I've seen that dunk like on a lot of YouTube videos before from these yeah. like wannabe, you know, NBA players. So like, it was impressive to see an NBA player do it, but yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't the first time I saw it. Yeah, and in that way, it wasn't like that impressive to me. But it was the prettiest dunk of the night. Yeah, for me, it, it was just clean. Was. And in the context of it, like that wasn't his first dunk, and they started hitting him. On oh, their yeah, first that's go. That's another thing. Auto, After, yeah, they just started getting it first try. Yeah, first that's, try. That's, oh. He was so good at just nailing it on the first one every time. Amazing. Which uh, is another reason I think he should have won. Yeah, he, he didn't have to redo once, yeah. right? Even Zach Levine had to retry. Yeah, one of the yeah. first tries he like had to do. Too. I don't know if anyone should have beat anyone else. I just think like if, if the rating system is going to be that lax... Just give it to both of them. I think, Let them both yeah. win. Like they both killed it. I would have been cool with a tie. I think, I think Zach would have been cool with a tie. Yeah, I think he he even shouted him out as he should have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was really cool of him. Um, I'll take it one further. If it was me, I would have told him to come up and share it. I would have shared it with him. Yeah, absolutely. If it was me, but absolutely. But it's not his fault. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not it his is. fault. He doesn't have to share it with him. But he killed it. He equally yeah. he dominated. Yeah, Any he, other year, he would have won it. Like yeah. hands mm-hmm. down. Hopefully, that's not the case moving forward. I hope they both enter it next year. I hope they, they both have to yeah. at and this then point. Them two, and then I need I need to see. Uh, I think Terrence Ross can still do it, still still compete at that level. People I, always say they want to see LeBron in the dunk contest. Uh, I don't want to see him in a dunk contest. Not anymore. He's just. I feel like five years ago. He's it above been it, fun, but but he's just an in-game dunker. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same way I feel about like Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I feel like Westbrook would. I don't know how dope that would be to He'd see fly, him in the Who was there in like a. He was wearing like a Supreme hat and. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's never. It's never like the superstars anymore who. It's people who. Not in the dunk have, contest. Not in the dunk contest. Yeah. Three point, though. Because they can't get hurt in the three point contest. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the whole I thing. I think that's a big part of it, too. And you have to practice it and, and all that stuff. Right. But yeah, that's. Oh, we really cared about in sports this week. And let's go on a break and we'll be right back. Group chat.
That was Block Party, so here we are. We're back on group chat. Yes, we are. Let's talk some news. What's going on, Kev? In TV. In TV. In TV. <laughs> but um, soon enough for you guys that use Apple uh, Music... None Might start getting TV series there. I think Jack uses it. You use yeah, Apple TV, Yeah, right? I have Apple well, Music slash TV. Supposedly, they're about to start getting into the scripted, um, scripted TV game. Yes, they have so. a show um, with starring Dr. Dre. Oh, wow. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, about music, and it will probably just be available for Apple Music users for now. That's, like, the info that's out. And what do you guys think about that? Do we need that? Everyone's getting With, like, into Netflix streaming. and Amazon. And, and Amazon, yeah, they've become so legit. I feel Amazon. like if, if it's good, we'll be like, oh, yeah, we need that. But if it's bad, we'll be like, <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's the narrative for everything. Um, it only makes sense, dude. Apple's going to start making, like, cars and stuff. So just, they just want to <laughs> yeah, do everything everywhere. now. Yeah, this is a much more logical progression for yeah. us. They're going to start making planes. Um yeah, why not? They already facilitate all the devices we watch these things on. Why not uh, in-house some of this, some of the content? Very true. I'm down with it just for the sake of that's just another one more medium that like young directors and writers and actors Hopefully. can have a platform. Right. You know, so. more options. Yeah. And transitioning into Netflix, um, for those of you that like Orange Is the New Black, they just got renewed for three more seasons. That's big. So yeah. Six seasons. Yeah. Is anyone still keeping up with that show? I, I never really watched like it. the second season. I got up to the second season too. Me too. I missed the third one. It's not bad. Yeah, it's the it's first transition. season was really good, but the yeah. second one it caught me off guard. The fact that it was a comedy, like more than anything, it was like a it was a com it was like a dramedy, but yeah. I feel like it dramedy started to really, perfect. really hold on to the comedy aspect of the show. Yeah, like the first season had like this weight to it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be intense, and it was, you know. And then the second season was light, and the third season was I didn't even watch and it. They just got renewed for three more, so yeah, <laughs> it's a very successful show though, and a lot of it's no, got yeah. a huge following. So the acting's great, and I I know the. I writing. gotta go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch some of that. It's on my list. You guys watch Full House when you were kids or not? Nope. Yep. I used to love that show a lot. And I've yeah. watched so many reruns of it. Like it used to be on Nick at Night, and I would they watch it. They still show it, and like constantly, watches yeah. it and stuff. Yeah, I used to watch it, but it wasn't like something I. No, I was obsessed. Like, with man, it was it. your favorite yeah. show, dude. Like, <laughs> no, I, it really. I wasn't super tired. Like I was, I was watching some other, some other shit. Gotcha, gotcha. But I do. I mean, I know the cultural importance of that show. So you guys are aware of Fuller House. Yep, with Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's thanks. So- <laughs> oh, I saw the trailer and I was I just cringed the whole time. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not sure if I'll no. be on that. How can it? How can it be that much? Fun? It's the same actors. How can it be so bad? Like the writing is just <laughs> even so the strange. like the the remake of the song. Well, we don't know. Oh. It's it's tough to pitch a sitcom in a trailer. Mm. That's, That's tr- the truth of it. Because a sitcom, but an it, episode in a sitcom is it's the not collective- even about that. They're they just you gotta let like, the legacy live. I think it'll know? like succeed uh, well, for you, those that really liked the show when it first aired. Well, you guys don't know like Girl Meets World is a show that's Trash. happening right now. 
I haven't seen it. I hear it's trash. Yeah, yeah. see, I grew up on Boy Meets World. That Me was too. something I was obsessed with. Speaking of Apple, I, Joao and I bought all seven seasons on oh, wow. iTunes and rewatched I, them plug. recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plus. Um, but yeah, no. The, I mean, but dude, a, have you seen? Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, you saw the Fuller yeah, House. But trailer? I don't have any connection to the original. I saw a ton of people, and I was like, oh. These people look familiar, and then I did some research, and I realized that like, uh, or at the end of the trailer, when it was like, "Oh, Fuller House," I was like, "Oh, that's clever." Yeah, it's actually a Netflix original, so you can only catch it on Netflix this February twenty sixth. Ooh, I'm not soon. planning to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd be surprised, man. There's a bunch of people on like Facebook that were no, yeah, seems super excited for it for some reason. I could see so like my, my little sister and stuff watching it. So, so everyone's kind of on this nostalgia trip. Um, Girl Meets World, I just mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, Cartoon Network is remaking Rugrats. They already dropped the trailer oh, for a new Powderpuff shit. Girls series. Wow. Everyone's just kind of going back to... <laughs> Did you to say Powderpuff? <laughs> no, Powderpuff. Powderpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Wait, I thought it was Powder. No, Powerpuff. it was Power. <laughs> oh, is it a play on... Powderpuff, yeah. Powderpuff? It's Powerpuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that big on the show. No, They're it's all good. We had, we had a Powderpuff game in high school, so that's probably uh, why we were... Oh yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, that's it. why you're mixing mm. up the words. Yeah, Makes yeah. Sense. everyone like all the guys shoved pillows in there. Anyway, yeah, that was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on a more newer Netflix series, the greatest series ever. Not really, mm. but um, House of Cards renewed for fifth season. Good, and the and fourth is fourth season is coming out. Yeah, in March. next month. Awesome, March fourth, right? I think. Yeah, like March fourth. Yeah, Juan, you need to watch that show. Insane. It's really good. But Come on. Season three was meh, but yeah, season one and two were great. Yeah, I'll watch it. I, I was I was a big fan after season one and two, and season three kind of tanked for me. Yeah, and I told Kev this, but I think I'm out on season four. I You're not watching it. I don't think that's I'm all it takes, it. man. If the trajectory is going this way, yeah. then forget about it. Yeah, it's just hard. Once I mean, the whole point of his. That was kind of like the lure of the sh- the lure of the show is like him. How does he become? How does he go up the ladder? And once right. he became mm-hmm. president, then it was just like, all right, now what? It's like, how does he fuck up? And, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're all gonna call me up, but no one's gonna call Joao out on, on mispronouncing oh. lore. Lior. <laughs> <laughs> you said Lior. 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 Cohen. <laughs> Lior. But anyways, you, you should watch it because yeah, no, Kevin I've only Spacey, heard great things. Come on. Speaking of Kevin Spacey, later. Yeah. Kevin. Later, oh. right now. Right oh. now. Right now. Right now. Oh, is it time for our uh, American Beauty book club? Book club. Book club. Yeah. Not about books. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So if you've um. We've been doing a series called Book Club where we... We just started it. Well, we did the first installment last week with Beasts of No Nation. And uh, this week's uh, book club assignment is American Beauty. Was American Beauty. Was American Beauty. Yeah. So um, to those who don't know, Book Club is a segment we do where we basically want to just have an open conversation and uh, we, we assign a movie or album or just any work and we all watch it. And we all or listen, or, or listen, or just in, indulge in it, and then we all get together on the show and talk openly about it. And, and and we just we at the end of the episode each week we'll say what the new assignment is. So if you're listening and you want to 
kind of have a deeper insight into the discussion, watch or listen yourself. Absolutely, because these are structured in a way that assumes you've also watched the material. We're right. not going to go out of our way to give spoilers, but we will talk about plot points and depending on whatever you consider a spoiler, then mm-hmm. beware. So, American Beauty. Uh, Joao and I have seen this movie before. This was the first time both of you guys have this seen it, right? This was completely new yep. to me. Yeah. Ooh, let's start with you guys. Kev? Uh, oh, you know Pass the but the button to me. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the what? Um. Button. <laughs> We're all just mispronounced. Right, Jack, you got to think about what word you're gonna mispronounce. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kev. <laughs> um. Okay. So, great film overall. You liked it? Great. I I loved it. Okay. Um. Well, I don't even know where to start. So, big fan of the cinematography and this, the screenplay overall. Just the writing of the script. I was mentioning to um, the guys before the show that although I really look into cinematography, the script was just yeah so well written. And there's just like a lot of quotes that you can pull out of the movie that I really love. Even though they're mm-hmm. not like super deep, they just like stick with you. Yeah. Um, for example, um, there's this scene where Ricky and what's the girl's name? Jane? No, oh, not yeah. Jane. Is it Jane? Yeah. yeah. Jane Burnham? Yeah. yeah. They're walking like down the middle of a street. Mm-hmm. Oh, super great shot, great by the way. Shot like the, with, and like, the cars the coming on. And yep. then there's like yeah. a funeral that comes. And they just go to the side and talk about death while <laughs> the cars from the funeral pass by. And and this is not a big spoiler. No, it's, it's not, not a spoiler a, at all. It's just a yeah. little something that happens. But it just stuck to me. Like Simple stuff like this stuck with me. Um, they're just talking about death. And she refers back to earlier in the movie where she catches Ricky recording like a dead pigeon mm-hmm. on the floor. And she's like, why are you recording this? Pigeon is dead. He's just like, oh, because I see beauty on like death. It's like God is looking at you for the split second and yeah. stuff like that. I was just like, wow. It was like Shakespearean almost, where like yeah, yeah. you can make something gross seem like somewhat also with beautiful it, and romantic. With Ricky's character, you know, usually in types of movies similar to this. Or, you know, the general structure of, like, a suburban, whatever. Like, yeah. his type of character is usually more, like, they'll be f- filming stuff like that, and they'll be like, yeah, I love the death of it. Like, it'll be something real right. creepy, but he's, like, no, so positive yeah. Yeah. that it just, they kind of flip the stereotype. His his delivery was great. I would yeah. say, though. He that, killed it, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's something, watching rewatching it, that I never really paid attention to when I watched it when I was younger is... That guy killed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like the acting was really, really good. Uh, there were some, I mean, some little bits and pieces of acting. I was just like, eh, okay. But most, for the most part, the acting was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like when I first got into the movie, I went into it not knowing shit about it. Like That's I didn't amazing. even know if it was a comedy, a drama. Yeah. yeah. And the movie starts like on a super light note. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be kind of funny, you know, great. Kevin Spacey's like talking and he's like masturbating in the bathroom. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, just joking around and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. And then they bring yeah. in this Ricky character and I'm like, 
dude, is this like some crazy psychological thriller <laughs> that's yeah. about to go down? And just stuff like that in the writing, I really liked as well. And the kid, I mean, Ricky, who is, you know, the stereotype would be that he is this very strange person. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most normal people in the whole in the movie. Whole one of the He's like the most grounded, yeah. like sobering characters in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that some of the writing for for 1999, his character was really deep and complex i thought some of the dialogue for him maybe maybe didn't hold up as well today because those are everyone's become much more open to especially that type of character that was written much more open to these ideas that uh when he said it were very vague general deep expressions that um in the context of the movie really worked but if this movie was made today i think some of that Mm -hmm. would sound kind of pretentious um, so that was one of the nitpick that I had for him. But overall, I, I really liked his character. I thought he was very complex. And I love mm-hmm. the parallel between both houses. Um, when Jane gets slapped by the mom, uh, in that, the, or later that scene, Ricky mm-hmm. gets his ass kicked by his mm-hmm. dad. And just the different emotions that weighed on both of their respective parents and the way it affected both of them and how they both handled that situation. Just the... the the symmetry between the parallels between both houses were very interesting where on surface level uh jane's house looked uh looked far more normal than than ricky's that wasn't mm-hmm. the case at all and the underlying theme for both houses were both very similar um i don't know it was just the way the movie was structured was one of my pros and cons of the film I'll get more into that when we talk about that um, Jack this was your first time watching the film what did you think yeah I mean going off what you're saying not with the houses in particular but overall the contrast for the movie I think was the biggest archetype and theme of it you know having we talked about the, the flipping of stereotypes for Ricky's character but the whole movie is kind of flipping stereotypes and taking the suburban life and trying to flip out of it and it's almost like a the whole thing within it you know kevin spacey's character is having these fantasies which is a whole separate thing but (laughs) the whole movie feels like a dream someone would have about you know rebelling against this suburban life and growing old and all Mm -hmm. that and i thought that was effective and they did a good job and he was Kevin Spacey was perfect he for was that great. character. Yeah. Was, I mean, there were some moments where, like, legendary Spacey moments where, um, just, like, little things. Like, there was a scene where they were at the uh, at his wife's event yeah. when he first meets Ricky. And he has that oh, line so where, it's where he was like, oh, don't worry. Uh, I wouldn't remember me either. Yeah. Or something like oh, that yeah, to, yeah. to the guy. Yeah. And he... Looks at the camera for like a split second. Yeah. I don't know if you caught it. He like looked so yeah. hard. That's vibes. very House of Cards. Like, yeah, and it was amazing. And yeah. and then, <laughs> yo, when when he's uh, when they're outside and he's talking to Ricky for the first yeah. time, and he starts cracking up like yeah. when he was like, that "Oh, was honey, this thing. is uh, this is Ricky from next door," and he starts cracking <laughs> up. And I read that 
I was reading like IMDb trivia, and mm-hmm. that was like a genuine laugh. Yeah. And Ricky's laughing because he didn't know it was coming, so yeah. his laugh was genuine. Also, <laughs> it That's felt great. genuine. Yeah. It felt genuine because we were watching it. We started cracking up because when you 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 can tell, you know, yeah. you can tell when something's mm-hmm. genuine. Because he was he was trying to cover something up, and when he said it, the smoke came out of his mouth yeah. and he caught it, and he just started cracking up. It was so great. And that's the that's thing about this movie that I I always wondered what it was about it that I gravitated towards. And um, recently I watched a YouTube video about... I, I, I love watching uh, video essays, especially on film. Uh, there's a couple channels. If you want to, I mean, if just tweet me and I'll link you. I, I'm constantly tweeting about At stuff. Soft Glass. At Soft Glass. Plug. But I was watching one recently and it was talking about charm in in film and what charm is and the effect of having a charm factor in a film. And that's what it is. This film is just so charming for me. It just feels there there are all these little things that make it. Dark but charming. Right. It's dark but charming and not charming in like your in the common way you would think of charm it more so charm in the sense that it has a character to it that feels real real it feels different and it feels like you know all of these things they just keep playing they play on a, a bunch of expectations and juan you were talking about yeah. this you it's all of these tropes that have been established about suburbia about family life um about relationships and sexuality all of these things that they just this film just masterfully kind of plays with very yeah. delicately. Everyone has a progression in the movie. Everyone has, everyone changes yeah. from their, wherever the, they started from their starting point at the beginning of the film to the end. Right. And it, it may seem like it's, it's actually juggle, juggling a lot of characters, this film yeah. mm-hmm. more than I thought it would be, um, especially watching it the second time around, knowing how it ends it's very interesting because I never got that feeling. I think I knew the ending of the movie before I ever watched it. So that last ending sequence... I think we could say we all did. Though. Well, he's, he specifically he, like, says it. He says the it very the first sentence. Yeah, but I know, too, but I know how it happened. Oh, okay, okay. Or I right. knew how it happened before I, I had sat yeah, down okay. when I was like, like 10 years ago. Right. right. Because it plays on all of your expectations on the characters, what were your guys' reaction to how it actually ended? Did it feel like it was justified or did, did you feel like it was an absolute ending like you felt you were satisfied with the ending or were you just like eh they're just trying to trick us and they're trying to go in an opposite direction what, what was your uh, initial reaction to that I was in between that because <clears throat> like I just mentioned and it's not a spoiler since it's the literally the first he minute of the movie the yeah. he tells you that oh I'm already dead or something now he says in a year, I'll be dead. Yeah, in a year, I'll be dead, but you probably already know that. Something like that. And No, he says something like, in a year, I'll be dead, but in a way, I already feel like it. I, yeah. Which was a great way to start yeah. the movie, yeah. by the way. It's, it so this, this whole time, I'm like trying to find out how this guy is going to die in a year. Yeah. And I guess in that way, it, it made it fun for me like that was another good thing about the movie it was like fun for me to like puzzle how he was gonna die because to me i don't know i was like oh it's someone gonna 
that. And when I told you that the kid came in, Ricky, I was like, oh, maybe this kid will kill him because he looks like a freaking creep. Well, they also have the clip right at the beginning where the daughter's, you know, on the videotape and she's like, yeah, she like oh, can, yeah. Him or can you kill my dad? You yeah, 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 exactly. So it was just out of context. That right, scene was right. played out of context. <laughs> yeah. But it, but from the beginning, you know, it starts messing with it's, you, yeah. it's part of what you're factoring into. It, it was a great way to, yeah. to disguise your first, um, your first perception of Ricky yeah. and how yeah. you perceive him. Yeah. Because you're, you've already and subconsciously ingrained that, mm-hmm. that and plant. Who? And the daughter. And the, and the daughter, daughter, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they do, but they do that throughout the whole film, right? They have like the, yeah. the wife taking gun lessons and, yeah. Yeah, yep. they, and then they have, they just have all of this foreshadowing. They have obviously like Ricky's dad's Ricky's like, gun dad drawer too. and they yeah. say, oh, you have so many guns. Who's a military guy. Right. Yeah. At a certain point, like towards the end, you're just like, okay, this can go so yeah, many different ways. Way. Right. Maybe they the all come yeah. together. <laughs> or something. But were, were you, how, what was your reaction to the way it ended. Let's not spoil it too much, but yeah. I'll just say that, um, yeah, I was I was satisfied. Okay. Especially because I, com- I connected it straight with like that part that I mentioned earlier as well about like the bird dying and yeah, mm-hmm. it was that connection. It was you know how like movies they set an example early or this scenario and then it happens towards the end, kind of like with Beast of No Nation yep. where, um. Was this guy's name Elba? Um, starts mentioning about the baptism and when you're reborn, and that's how the movie the, the goes. And yeah, it was something similar to that with this film right. for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at, at first. I wasn't. I didn't dislike or like it. I just had to think about it for a little bit, and then now, I think I I like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was one thing I remember watching this movie when I was like fourteen or fifteen. This, I mean, this movie, this film was important to me in the sense that this, I remember very specifically, this movie was the first movie that I watched with the intent of getting into film. So I was like hmm. fifteen or sixteen, and I remember being like, oh, I want to start watching films. I want to get into like analyzing films. <laughs> And this was the first movie that I did that with. It's the right film to start with. Yeah. Yep. And I had, yeah, I had heard how great it was. And it, it swept, right? We we, we checked yeah, before the show. And yeah, it. it killed it. It killed it at the at the awards. It won almost every major category. But, um, and I remember I watched it and I loved it. But rewatching it now when I'm older, it's crazy because Lester, Kevin Spacey's character, has that line at the very ending where he says, um, where he's talking about there's so much beauty in the world. And he mm-hmm. says, you might not know what I'm talking about, but you will one day. One day. Woo. And it's crazy. That hit me so it's hard. One of them quotes, man. Because yeah. I was like, oh my God, he's right. Like, I didn't get it mm-hmm. when I watched it when I was 16. I didn't get what this movie's about. And in my eyes, the movie's about, you know, the, the beauty in what may seem normal or common or mm-hmm. trivial, you know? And... You know, that's that was the whole scene with the bag, and and it's just taking this you know suburban middle America lifestyle and showing you that there is beauty in everything, even what may not seem extraordinary. That's what the the girl's whole you know plot line where she she didn't want to be normal, she didn't want to mm. be average. You know, the mm. the blonde girl with the yeah Angela Angela. Um, 
you know, Ricky's whole thing is he doesn't he he doesn't see the world that way. So everyone is tr- struggling with that insecurity of implants. The daughter right, the daughter implants. is insecure. She she doesn't. She, everyone's struggling with some sort of insecurity that has to do with power or has to do with feeling small or feeling you know trivial or you know unimportant. And, and go ahead. Now another thing I was reading in the trivia was that one of the the tagline when they were promoting the movie at the time was look deeper like dot dot mm. dot look deeper and that was from like something that was on kevin spacey's desk at work oh wow and i didn't catch it like during the movie but i was reading that too wow. and cool. i think that it's a good way to sum up that you know the suburbs can look this way on the outside and then you look deeper it's just one thing and then you look deeper into the people themselves right. and each, each home and it's this whole other to right. play into that whole idea, I really liked how they, in that ending scene where he's saying that little line or little speech, mm-hmm. that he's talking about all the things he finds beauty in, and he's like, oh, the fall leaves, the yellow in them, and he's saying like the colors and the beauty in them, mm-hmm. yet those clips are being played in black and white. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, you see this That's for awesome. yourself, or you'll eventually see it, like you said, like right. one day you'll figure that out. Right. And that was like wow yeah speaking of color there was a bunch of color play in the movie with the reds yeah um and anytime the blues in the office yeah mm-hmm. and we were talking about after we watched that how red is such a complicated color because it can mean love but it can also mean anger and it can passion mean passion and... it can mean a lot of different things and that it kind of in a whole encapsulates that the yeah. theme of the movie so i read that the red uh I read that the red <laughs> uh, has a lot. It basically, it represents uh, life power, whether it is love or passion, yeah. or but it just represents power. And so, in all the th- scenes where there is some sort of power struggle or or a character kind of vying for power, there's a very prominent red. Whether yeah. it was his car, or his, the red door, or the roses that were prevalent throughout, mm-hmm. um, power through sex, which is all of his daydreams with Angela. Yeah. And there was a, uh, there were red roses uh, when he was seducing the, the girl, mm-hmm. like right. on his side, right of that shot. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And if the in the very one of the first shots, it's his wife like Picking. trimming yeah. the flowers. Yeah, no, it's just a special movie. Yeah, like I think this was a great movie to watch, all of us together. Great um, pick. You guys for the first time. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's take a song break, come back, and then we'll assign next week's topic. And yes, sir. We'll be right back on group chat. 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 <laughs>
was weird inside with who knows so we have discussed and this week's book club silver linings playbook i thought this movie i'm really excited for everyone to watch it it's on netflix it's on netflix yeah check it out i really waited to watch this movie for a really long time and it's kind of a shame because i actually really really enjoyed it yeah guys so um thanks again for tuning in thank you our kanye episode and (laughs) (laughs) and uh, as always we appreciate the love and appreciate the listens and the support and uh we couldn't be any more grateful that you guys are down and listen to us talk for two hours even with our weird accents apparently (laughs) and the way we say things like lure 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 weird weird word it's a weird word (laughs) all right guys you guys ready to plug time plug it up plug time plug it up it's that time of the day all right juan where can we find you at Juan Gonzalez 27 on both Twitter and Instagram. Imagination. Detonation. He's back on Instagram. ID plus NYC on Twitter. That was an inconsistent. It always is inconsistent. <laughs> he travels the world with his accent. <laughs> so that was that was Jack. I went back to Paris for a bit. You yeah. know. <laughs> Kev, where can people find you? And Morse code, what it is? <laughs> For those of you who didn't catch it, that same old Kev on pretty much everything, yeah. And you can find me at Soft Glass with one S on Twitter and Instagram and all that jazz. Yeah. Thank you, Dash Radio. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, all of one, two, three, four. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. All right, peace. Peace. Bow, bow, peace. Bow. Thank you.